sometimes I felt like I was failing at taking care of myself. And then I'd be like, well, how am I supposed to take care of myself when like, I just spent 12 hours in a chemo room with my dad. I come home, I just wanted to veg out and like, taking care of myself was like scrolling on Instagram or watching Netflix. I think sometimes the pressure of being like, I should be journaling and meditating and working out. And it was like, that actually wasn't what I need because it, it felt like more work for me versus relaxing. Mama! Let's reimagine mom life together. Mama House Goals is your hub for relatable support and helpful resources that help you fuel yourself alongside motherhood. Your identity is bigger than mom. And whatever your goals are, together, we're making them a reality. So while the guest today may be a multi-seven-figure attorney turned entrepreneur, we're talking about so much more than that. I talk with Sam about her stepping into caregiving for her parents, how that we here at Mama House Goals believe that motherhood isn't always just the little humans that you care for, but when you are putting anyone else's needs before your own at times, that you're having to balance various titles and responsibilities. We talk about what that's looked like for Sam, the good that she's been able to receive in that role, the hardships that she's navigated. We talk about pivoting and growth and how she actually stepped into entrepreneurship in a totally different way, but then she she truly found her calling in a way that you might not expect. We also talk about learning how to do things yourself before you grow a team or get help and how you really kind of have to figure it out. We talk about being able to create evergreen formats. We talk about what that can look like for you. We talk about knowing yourself and learning who you want to be, that sometimes we can blame others for things when really it's up to us to figure it out who we are outside of our other titles and our job, what that looks like, just letting yourself be when you need to, and so, so much more. So let me tell you a little bit about what Sam typically is known for. Sam Vander Whelan is an attorney turned entrepreneur and legal educator who helps coaches and service providers legally protect and grow their online brands through her legal templates and signature program, The Ultimate Bundle. She hosts her podcast, On Your Terms, where she shares fresh legal and business tips each week to help online entrepreneurs safely grow their businesses. Sam lives outside New York City with her husband, Ryan, mini Bernie Doodle Hudson, lots of plants, and her ever-growing stack of favorite books. If you've always associated attorneys with the words like shark, intense, cutthroat, you're in for a down-to-earth breath of legal fresh air from Sam. Sam was truly so great to talk to. She has such a great energy. She is someone that I cannot wait to stay connected with. And this conversation is so much more than those things that she is typically known for. So you definitely want to listen. Sam, I'm so excited to have you here. I want to just dive right in and go back on your journey and your story because it's so easy for people to look at you and be like, oh my gosh, look at this online multi-seven-figure business owner just crushing it. But we know there's steps that take us to get us there. And one of my favorite parts of your story is that you didn't actually expect to have your business be in this field per se. So let's go back to the moments that you were miserable in corporate and how we got to where we're at today. Yeah. So, well, first, thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited to chat with you. And I, yeah, I remember like yesterday sitting in a skyscraper, like staring out the window, looking at the clouds, watching birds, pretty much doing anything I could to not do the work that was sitting in front of me. I was a corporate lawyer in Philadelphia where I was born and raised and I just really, really hated it. And I knew that I wanted to do something completely different than the law. So while I was still an attorney, I actually registered to get like a health coaching certification and start learning and start 
I guess like started to dive in a little bit to this like online business idea because I had never heard of it. So I was like, what are these people doing? I don't understand. Like, what is a coach? You know, I came from a sports background. So coaches to me, like had a clipboard and a whistle. And so I didn't (laughs) understand, like, what are we talking about? What is an email list? What is a landing page? And so I really started exploring this world. And I eventually, long story short, I left to start my health coaching business. And I wanted to do something that was completely different. Especially because at that time, I blamed my career, my job, my day-to-day job, my boss for all of my unhappiness. Like that was the reason why I was unhappy with life or not feeling quite settled. And so that was the initial leap that I took. Yeah. And it's so often that we can be in these places and we do kind of play the blame game, right? We play the blame game either with ourselves that it's like, oh my gosh, because I made this decision, I'm here and I can't get out of it. Or we look to those around us, whether it's our partner, our boss, our coworkers, our kids, anyone that we can blame. So let's talk a little bit about the transition into health coaching and how you stepped into the business ownership um, role. And what did that look like? Were you like, oh, this came really naturally? Or was there this really messy season of kind of figuring out all the bits and pieces? It was really funny because I really thought that this was going to be my one pivot. Like, oh, the legal thing didn't work out. So I'm pivoting to become a health coach. And then that would be it for the rest of my life. I don't know what really I thought, but that that is kind of what I assumed, you know. And so I left and started this health coaching business. And the business part of it felt super comfortable to me, especially because as an attorney, I was always more interested in like developing on the business side, like bringing in new clients. So it was like not uncomfortable for me to put myself out there to ask, you know, for the sale or do any of these things. But when it came to the actual coaching, I was like, "Uh oh, this is not for me. Like that was pretty, pretty fast. I didn't feel like I was good at it, which I don't know if anyone else out there is like this. But if I'm not good at something, I'm pretty quick to be like, I'm out. Like, I don't I don't really (laughs) like doing things that I'm not very good at. And it felt just like herky jerky to me. It's just like something about it didn't feel very natural. And I I think now I know that I would be more of a born consultant than a coach because I can like fire off quick opinions, but it's not, I don't love the like going back and forth. So it wasn't really for me. And I was really, it was almost like I was shoved deeper into this hole because I was like, wait a minute, this was supposed to be my one big pivot. Now what do I do? Because this didn't feel quite right either. Yeah. And then you end up and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm a failure because I was going to go and do this. And now I have no other options. So then you had people coming to you with questions about legal, right? So you were a health coach, but people started reaching out. So then how did that feel? You're like, this isn't what I do. It was so funny because as I was trying to build this health coaching business and it wasn't going that great, I was getting all of these inquiries from people being like, hey, I saw you used to be a lawyer and now you're a health coach. So like, what kind of contract do I need or what LLC do I need or whatever? And they were asking me stuff and I was like treating them like flies. Like, oh, just stop asking me that. Like, I don't know why people are associating me with that. Like, I'm trying so hard to be different. And I like took so much pride and you're not even telling people I was a lawyer. It was like, I really wanted to shed that identity. And the final straw was that I actually went to a really big wellness conference in Philly I was just like sitting in the the audience. I had like baby, tiny little Instagram audience at the time and all this kind of stuff. And so there was like a little line of people waiting to talk to me while I was just sitting in my seat because like, hey, 
you're that girl. You're the lawyer who does like health coaching business. So I have to ask you a question about my contract. I was like, oh my goodness. Like I can't get anybody to contact me about the health coaching stuff, but I literally have a line at a conference waiting to talk to me and I'm just here to attend. And something shifted somewhere along the way. And I would encourage others to do this as well, where I just thought, you know what? I'm going to stop fighting this. Doesn't mean I ever have to do anything about it. I'm going to stop fighting it though. And I am just going to get curious about it. Like, why are people asking me these questions? Where else are they looking? Um, What's really like the sticking point? Is there something here that could be really helpful for them that I would enjoy creating? And the more that I listened and kind of just stopped fighting it, I realized that at the end of the day, what I really loved was the business side of stuff. I just am a businesswoman at heart and I really love everything that we do and like the marketing side and the business side. And I was like the vehicle of like what I do doesn't really matter that much to me. Like I'm always the first yeah. person to say I'm not super passionate about legal templates, but I am really passionate about like helping people to go out and do their own thing. And if that brings them greater happiness and freedom, then that's like an incredible gift. And so that's sort of when it clicked for me was like, you don't have to love exactly what you do or sell or something like this, but I do think you have to love maybe the process or the result or the outcome that you get for people. And that's when it made sense to me that I could do something that was technically related to legal without being super miserable. And that was very, very helpful to people. And it gave me that opportunity to build, you know, what ultimately became a very successful online business. And being so solution oriented, and like you said, curious to say like, okay, this is the solution that I'm looking for. I'm looking for the ability to have flexibility, freedom, have my own thing, be business involved. I thought that was health coaching. Turns out it's not. And people are seeing me in th- through this light. So how do I see myself through that light and create this kind of not compromise, but beautiful cohesion between the two to be able to let it blow up to what it is now. So what did that first kind of like pivot look like? Like, how did you come out and go, okay, I'm, I'm now doing legal. What, what was that like? After that conference, the following weekend, my husband had a golf trip with his like college and grad school best friend. And they were like four days golfing, like 18 hours a day, you know, kind of thing. So I'm home alone. And I'm like, you know what, I think I'm going to like sit down and start a website for this. And I had named my wellness business like a wild name. And that was a mistake and a really good learning lesson. And so I was like, this probably isn't even going to work because I'm the queen of self belief. And I and I was like, I'm just gonna like buy samvanderreeland.com because nobody owns that. And I'm going to build out a website and put some legal templates on. I'll create these legal templates. I mean, I had a lot of contracts and stuff for myself. So it was basically just generalizing them. And then um, I was getting to work on SEO. I kind of built the foundation of my business through, you know, content that was driven through Google and built all that out within a few weeks, had everything live up and running, had the legal templates up and had a, a sale within like a few hours to a random person on the internet. And it was that moment when you're like, "Uh oh, I think this thing might work. And <laughs> it worked pretty quickly after that. So exciting. So cool. So let's talk about some of like the personal fulfillment you've got from this, because we go back to you being in corporate and in your job. And we talked about like just really blaming everyone else for like how you're feeling. And now you've done the pivot. You've seen the success. You've been able to find kind of that balance between legal and what really lights you up. So what are some of maybe the stories or the people that you've helped that have lit you up? And how have you individually grown alongside this business baby? 
Oh my goodness. Well, I'm very fortunate now to have thousands and thousands of customers. And so like every single day I get the nicest um, messages from people. And I think like one of the coolest things about what I do and like the impact that I've been able to have is that I kind of see the business as being a little bit of like a business doula, because I feel like we help people to birth businesses because oftentimes like the legal or financial side is the part that's tripping them up a little bit and keeping them from moving forward. So it really gets people out there. And then when I see them out running their businesses and like what they're doing with their businesses, it's cool to know you had like a little spark in that, in that whole process. And I do like to think often of like the reverberating effect that that all has amongst so many people around the whole world. Yeah. You know, we, we have also though had people write to us and say that like, because of us, they were able to leave their corporate job or like people were able to leave their husbands and like support themselves. You know, like there, there have been lots of different yeah. stories, even people on my team who have been able to like work for me full time and be able to be home with their little ones at the same time. And like how much that's changed their family. Somebody on my team the other day just shared with me that she's able to get a house with a backyard for the first time because of working for me and like how much the business has grown over the years and she's grown with it. So that has been very, very cool. Yeah, I would say for me, I mean, it's still very humbling, I would say every day because it's so it's still so challenging and it's dynamic. It's always changing. Um, and I'm just not someone who ever is like comfortable just kind of sitting where I'm at. So I'm, I'm always adding in things and making things probably more difficult. And I, I think that that's been really humbling in a very, very good way it's made me start to use my voice a little bit to speak and tell my own story because I'm very comfortable hiding kind of behind other people's stuff. And I grew up in like a really traumatic household, like very, very bad childhood situation where my role in the family is to take care of everybody else um, and kind of ignore myself. So this has been the first time where I'm like really putting myself out there and being like, actually, I just want to do something for me. This feels really fun and exciting. That's so much easier said than done, though, right? Like, I can imagine that you can have this feeling where you maybe see a spark of like knowing that you're worthy for more, right? And but you're like you said, your entire childhood has been maybe putting that aside and not really listening to yourself in that way. So if we have a listener that's in that same boat, whether it's not putting themselves forward because of their kids that they now have, or that's the way that they grew up, because that's even harder, right? That's years and years of having that situation and that story be put into you. So what's the first step that maybe you took or you would recommend someone taking to really allow themselves to step into something for themselves? I mean, beyond therapy, if it's available to you, like I think that that was really, really helpful in getting me to see that. I know for me, there have been, I think just a lot of times when I've had to reflect on like taking ownership of when am I allowing something else to step in? Like, for for example, right now I'm going through some, I like just lost my dad recently. Now my mom is, is dying right now. And so it's been like a horrible time personally. And all of a sudden, all these huge, big business opportunities came up all at once that were like incredible stuff. I've been waiting for years and years and years to happen. And I thought that's so interesting. I don't think that that's a coincidence because it's really this opportunity for me to be like, oh, there is an old pattern where it would be really easy right now for me to say, you know what, my dad has cancer or like my dad just passed away. I'm not going to do this right now. I'm not going to take this opportunity, put myself aside, but that's not how I want to live my life. That's not how I can live my life or run the business. And so I think like taking ownership of when you see that you're stepping into old patterns that don't necessarily have to exist anymore, that has been really helpful for me. Mm, Yeah. 
What are some like daily habits that you put in place to make sure that you're kind of putting yourself first or checking in with yourself? I have a, I have a little list of daily non-negotiables on, I use Asana to like manage my business, but you could use Asana for, for your personal life too. But um, on Asana, I have my little list. So it's taking a walk, even the, my deal with myself is it has to be 15 minutes, but that's it. Taking my vitamins and then drinking enough water, because I'm like, if I do those three things, that seems like so foundational to just making sure like I'm okay and I'm functioning yeah. fully. And then from there I can do so much more. Um, I know on like a smaller scale, I guess, like I, for one, just have to put my phone away. Um, I think for anybody out there who has a business too, especially like when you're newer to self-employment, it's really easy to start treating it like it's not really a job and you don't take it as seriously. So like people, friends and family call during the day, you start taking their calls, you go out to lunch with a friend and like, while on the one hand, that's a great flexibility of running your own business, it can also be kind of dangerous for like not letting you get your own stuff done and taking care of yourself. So yeah. I guess that's like another way that I'd set boundaries with myself and with the business. I think that's so important because I was actually just talking about this. I think when you start your own business, you do do it for the flexibility. And often people on the side are like, oh, well, you get to do whatever you want. And you're like, well, yeah, but not if I want my business to be successful. Like I still have to show up and do the things like maybe recording when my voice doesn't sound so great on a podcast, but being able to show up for yourself and your clients and your consumers, like how you have to just like you would for a job. So definitely that makes sense. And so I know you've put a lot of time and energy into being a caregiver for your parents. Let's talk about for the people that are in that situation. You know, I always say like motherhood isn't just the little humans that you are a mom of. It's all the people that rely on you for something. That's a beautiful opportunity for them to have you and for you to be able to do that. But it's a I can imagine exhausting and really heavy and a lot of work. How do you find that balance between being able to be there for your parents, but also finding the way to find time for yourself and know how difficult that is? Yeah, being a caregiver is no joke. And, you know, it's particularly weird to be a caregiver of your parent because it like flips this like child parent dynamic, you know, so there's that that whole thing, too. So that's very strange. Um But I think like one of the things that I thought about as it was going on was that there was no right way to do it. And at least for me, like that relieved a lot of the pressure to be like, there is no good way to get through this. Like however messy you need to get through this is the right way for you. Because otherwise it was like, sometimes I felt like I was failing at taking care of myself. And then I'd be like, well, how am I supposed to take care of myself when like, I just spent 12 hours in a chemo room with my dad. I come home, I just wanted to veg out and like, taking care of myself was like scrolling on Instagram or watching Netflix. I think sometimes the pressure of being like, I should be journaling and meditating and working out. And it was like, that actually wasn't what I need because it it felt like more work for me versus relaxing for me, you know? So really keeping that, that grace, I think for yourself and realizing that there was like, no, no good way. And finding someone who hopefully in your life, you have someone who you can express this to fully, who doesn't try to change it or fix it um, or toxic positivity it and just be able to be like, man, that sucks. Like that is not, that's no good, you know, especially also if you were young, like I was, you know, when I'm taking care of my dad and stuff, it was like, it was, it was hard for me to find other people in my life who were that young who had taken care of parents because, you know, you, yeah. older people had taken care of their parents, but there is this part of like, well, that's kind of more, more in line with like the way that life goes. But when you're in like your 20s, 30s, it's a little bit more like, oof, this is early. I feel a little too young for this. And so that I think finding someone who can be 
like a support. So I'm, I'm always more than happy to talk to anybody who's going through it. That's for sure. Yeah. So let's kind of combine both worlds just for a question for a second. What are some of the legal steps that someone should take as a parent or as an adult to set their potential child or caregiver up for success? Is there anything that Mm. people don't really think about that they should do? Absolutely. I wish everyone would get a will because it's like one of those things where no one wants to have it. Uh, A will, an advanced healthcare directive, and a power of attorney. Those are really the three things that you want. It's one of those things, just like what I teach people about business, like you just have to have them way before you ever think you need them and way before you ever want to think about them. It's just like a one and done thing. Like just get them done, put them away, right? Um, The biggest thing I see there though, is that people don't um, let the person know. So like if you name an executor in your will or your power of attorney or whatever, you have to let them know. And then you have to give them access to those documents because they need the originals in the event of an emergency. You really want to pick somebody too who like, is a good communicator and can communicate with the rest of your family. Also, if you have children, like you want to think about like who's going to step in and make the best decisions for you. If your kids aren't 18 yet, you know, they can't do it. So I think like those are some of the easiest things that you can do as well as maybe thinking through some of the financial decisions. If you have the means so that people don't have to scramble and get that kind of stuff ready for you. I think that those are all really helpful things to do and make sure that if you have parents, you make sure they register for Medicare uh, when they become age eligible, because there's a penalty if they don't. Um, And I would encourage as someone who had to take care of a elderly father who went into cancer without any insurance. I also found him a Medicare Advantage plan that they're free through the government. And so it's what supplements their Medicare. So like, even just like looking into those kinds of things ahead of time so that they have everything in a row, encourage your parents, like have that conversation. If your parents are healthy now, now's the time to have it not. I mean, my dad went from being completely fine to on a Thursday, finding out he had the worst form of leukemia that you can get. So it was too late already to have all of these conversations that we should have had years and years before. Yeah. Someone that's a maybe a younger parent and they're newer into their parenting journey or even just a young adult that doesn't even have kids mm-hmm. yet. And they're like, well, I don't want to spend like, you know, a couple grand on putting my will together, trust together. But yeah, I have a couple things or I want to make sure my kids go to who I want them to go to and that that's on paper. Is there like an in-between? Can they make their own document and put it in a safe or does that really not mean anything and they really just need to save up for a will? Yeah. It's a, so you can make your own will, but it's usually about following your state's protocol for signing the will. So like most states require two witness signatures and a notary or like every state has something a little bit different. Some states have different will requirements and things like that. But that's something that I probably would look for somebody, uh, an attorney who would do it for you for a flat fee. It shouldn't be crazy expensive, especially if you have a straightforward situation. Um, so it's something to think about. And I would just treat it as like, I get this done once and then I don't need to do this again. There are some of the more like big box options. You know, sometimes people will go on like legal zoom or something like that to prepare something. Um, so you can look at that. I would imagine that would be even easier for something like your healthcare directive, like who makes decisions regarding your health and probably your power of attorney, maybe your will. It's a little bit more state dependent. Taking back to your journey, you know, we're talking about kind of doing things yourself. And I remember you talking about when you first stepped into your businesses as a health coach and into your legal business, you had to figure a lot of stuff out on your own. And sometimes I think a deterrent for people to step into entrepreneurship or even a new job is I'm going to have to learn all these new things. 
Now, I personally find a lot of beauty in that because that means that we're growing, we're evolving, we're doing really cool things. But let's talk about kind of the messy middle and how much it is important to learn those things, but also what it's gained for you to now have a very successful business. Do you feel like you needed that foundation of learning those things to get where you're at today? I think that the reason I was able to get to where I was today is because I have this weird balance in me where I gather information, but then I take action before I have all of the information. Um, we actually just did this like Colby test assessment as a team yesterday that told me I'm a like kind of like a mid-rate fact finder, but a quick start. So I like go to action. I like take action on things. And I was like, oh, that doesn't surprise me because I feel like I gather like just what I need on okay. something, but then feel like I need to go and try try it. And so there can be like a bit too much analysis paralysis, I think, in whether it's not like you're starting a business or you're starting a new project or a hobby or something like sometimes we just have to try, you know, and put ourselves out there. And so like, I think building that foundation was helpful, but also just being an experimenter at heart and a little bit of a scientist and being like, let's just go try. And then we'll like collect the data, see how it goes. And we'll reiterate and go back and do it again and make it better and better. And for anybody who's in business, I would say that like, I think what really saved me was this, like, I don't know why I had this like idea, but I just had this idea that I really wanted to focus on evergreen stuff. Like I wanted to be very SEO driven and like have people really coming to my website from Google. And so focusing on bigger pieces of content that could always generate traffic for me um, versus like maybe the, the like social media platform of the moment or something like that. Yeah. I think that's huge. And, you know, many people that are listening to this podcast, they're trying to balance multiple things, whether it's caregiving, children, business, work, and just having time for yourself. So Evergreen allows you to repurpose that content in multiple ways, have other platforms, whether it's Google, Pinterest, anything else, find those keywords, various things and guide people to your content and what you have going on. And that evergreen ability means it's not constantly expiring, right? So like I know some people do business and it's like, okay, they're selling an Instagram live session or a Facebook live group session for um, a couple weeks. And that's great, but then that expires unless they're repurposing it. Where your content, like you said, you build the contract once and you get to keep driving people to it. It doesn't change unless some crazy law goes into place and then you edit it once and then you go back to it. So I think that there's so many different other ways that this can be applicable, but the concept stays the same. And that allows you to have more time and flexibility. So one of the things you mentioned is you love creating new things when you have that time and flexibility. So tell me about some of the new things that you've implemented because you have that evergreen foundation to be able to have this more playful area of your business. Yeah. So then, I mean, once my business was running on this like evergreen webinar and stuff, I thought, well, it'd be fun to do a live webinar here and there. The evergreen webinar will still run in the background all the time, but once or twice a year, I can pop up and do this like live training. And now when we do them, we have like two, three, four thousand people sign up for these trainings. So it's really, they're really valuable. And it's a different experience for people than signing up for, you know, an evergreen webinar. So that that's been really cool. And then last year I said, well, you know, the business is really healthy, very stable. I really, really want to write a book. And so I started working on a book proposal. It was like, it took me forever because of my dad being sick and then losing my dad. I stopped working on it for months and months. Um, But I'm very happy to say that I finally finished that and I actually got a book agent now. So we're shopping around the book to publishers and like having that kind of freedom to have big chunks of time to sit and write 
um, because the business is essentially running itself. That's awesome. And, you know, having the ability to be able to caregive because you had built this business in a way that requires you, but in a different level than you being present and live all the time in certain hours of the day. And then as you continue to choose if you want to build a family or grow your business in any way, like you've created a foundation of this flexibility, which is amazing. Something that I've run into is questioning this as someone that already has children, right? Is I've been like, well, all these people build these businesses before they have kids. And then you go to build it after you have kids. It's just not the same. And I know well enough now that that's not true. But what would you tell someone that's maybe saying, okay, my parents are sick. I have kids. I have these things. There's a reason I can't just get started and create something evergreen because it takes a lot of work to build it, right? But once it's built, it has more flexibility. So what would you tell that person? It's like, I can't do this because... I totally get that. And I get why you feel that way. And that's how I felt when my dad was sick. And I was his only caregiver. There was no one else. No one was going to help him. He didn't have anyone else in his life. Um, And I swooped in and it was like all hands on deck every day in the hospital, like a big hospital in the city kind of thing. So it took all day every day. It was exhausting. And I thought the same thing. But I then thought to myself, and I would encourage you to do the same is like, how could this actually shape my business and make it smarter? And I actually think like if any of you played sports or you had like some activity you were really into as a kid, like, you know, maybe you were like me where I think it actually pushed me to be a better student because I had such limited time. I was like super focused. And so I can imagine it being very similar to being a parent and just being like, I have very limited time. I would use that instead of of saying that that's like an injury to you, you know, in building a business, I would actually look at how that could propel you to create something better than you would have. There are people out there who don't have kids, don't have sick parents, don't have other responsibilities, who are spinning their wheels for 12 hours a day, who aren't doing nearly as much as I am in my business because I am just laser focused. And so I actually think you can use that as a little bit of your own superpower. It might not also mean, just like you said, Kelsey, like it might also mean you do it overnight necessarily because it takes time, right? And I never tout that like I did any of this very quickly or anything like that. It was more the thought I had very quickly was like when my dad got sick, I was like, I'm not going to be able to do this like I was doing it. So how am I going to work to get out of this? How am I actually going to use this to make myself and my business better? Not like, oh, this is this is happening to me. And now there's nothing I can do. So I would kind of encourage you to think of it that way. Yeah. And with business, parenting, caregiving, one of the things that you had said before is there's no right way to do this, right? There's no one size fits all. There's no right way to do this. And I think that's so applicable to everything. But when you do look for the steps before you or leadership or mentorship, what are some of the people that have really impacted you or the concepts that have really impacted you? What are things that you're like, yeah, because of this, I've been able to skip a couple steps or do this? Yeah, so I actually think that it's like my lack of following anyone else um, and really consuming, to be honest, that that really helped me because it's so funny. I often feel like I'm really unplugged or like disconnected from like the big people in our industry. And like my friends talk about them like they're celebrities and they're so like involved. They know like what's going on in their lives, their businesses, their launches, their emails. And I'm just like, who has time for that? And I kind of think that that's like part of what I'm saying is like when when all this happened, it had to be like, we, I have to drop like any of that. I've got to focus on like, what do I want to do? Yeah. Um, now, I say that with the privilege of having been a corporate attorney, I had a lot of experience in business, you know, and I grew up the child of an entrepreneur. I had an understanding generally of how a business works. So 
for me, I actually see it as more of like dragging people down uh, that to, to consume a lot of content. I think it slows people down and it also really limits people's vision of what's possible and available to them. Because like when I created this business, there was nothing else like it. So it felt very limiting to be like, if I just looked at a legal, there were other lawyers selling things, but if I looked at them and treated like their business as almost like the standard, I would never have thought of any of the stuff that I ended up creating. So yeah. for me, it was just helpful to kind of like wipe the slate and not look at anything. Um, I find a lot of inspiration from things outside of what we do. So like pop culture, things like favorite movies, favorite TV shows, music, um, when I'm out and about in being in nature really helps me like having quiet, that kind of stuff has really inspired me. And I would also encourage people to like get really clear on your values and like what kind of impact you want to leave on the world. Cause especially in online business too, I feel like people think about this very siloed and like, we don't see a lot of people giving back or we see them giving back in like the online space. Whereas like for me, for example, it was really important to impact the environment. And so just recently I bought like two beaches and I now sponsor two beaches that there's like a beach cleanup program where I paid to have these um, like baskets that people can pick up and pick up trash and put them back and someone comes and gets them. And so like that was just a thing like where I kind of stayed focused on and, and was inspired by this like larger mission of, of people I'm inspired by out, completely outside of this space who are impacting the environment, for example. And like, I don't do anything in my business related to the environment, but my business can still have that impact. So I, I guess I take more of the inspiration from stuff like that. I love that. And it allows you to really differentiate yourself as a human, not just yeah. a business owner, but really feel like you're tapping into all these different parts of you. And while your business has helped you have the means to do some of those things, getting clear with what you want, who you are, and what's important to you is actually really more important than the means that come and give you the opportunity to do that. But if you don't have the foundation first of knowing, hey, it'd be cool to be able to sponsor a beach and have this cleanup. Well, then once you get the money to be able to sponsor a beach, you don't know what you're going to do with it. And you may be drowned out by, you said, all these other opinions and these things going on without staying true to you. And we touched on this a little bit, but I want to bring that back to Sam that was dying in her corporate job, you know, kind of blaming everyone for that. It's really the same concept of getting clear on like who you want to be and what brings you happiness. So let's expand on that a little bit more, because I think that not only does that happen when you're in that corporate portion, but there are people that build their businesses and it happens again. They're like, what did I build? Yeah. I don't even know if I like this. I'm not even excited about this. And that can happen even with family. People can have children and be like, did I really want to be a parent? I'm not actually sure. And it all comes back to, in my opinion anyways, it all comes back to really honoring like who you are outside of all of these titles. So what are some of the ways that you've like refound yourself, whether it's from the corporate or since you've created your business, coming back to like Sam and the beaches and the things that you care about? When I was a corporate attorney, I, like I said, I blamed everything that I was upset about on being a lawyer or my boss who I thought was mean and like all of these kinds of things. And then I thought that the business would just kind of straighten all of that out for me. And then it was, it was so interesting to be like, wait, I really love the work I'm doing now. So I've solved that problem. Um, but why am I still feeling a little off? Right. And it was really interesting to see how much like 
especially, I don't know what it is, but when you create your own business, it's just very easy to like make yourself, the business is like this weird meshing and you kind of don't think about anything else. You start getting all these friends, you know, in the industry, you talk about it all the time. Like you learn this new lexicon. It's just a, it's a really weird experience. I find like having come from corporate to this. And so then I thought that I was like, oh, the business is not making me super happy. Oh, that's because like my business, my job, my career, whether it's in, whether you're in a, like a nine to five or you have your own thing that I don't think should really be the source of any of our happiness. I, I hope that it doesn't contribute to your misery. That's like a different story. Um, and, and maybe you like love the people you work with or like love going to work every day, but you don't like love the work or something like this or vice versa. Um, but I just think like developing yourself as a person more, you know, well-rounded outside of what you do. And like, I, I always like when people say like at a cocktail party that like the first question that you should not ask is like, what do you do? Right. Cause it's like, yeah. you're not defined really by just like, what's your job? I hope to be able to say like, who are you kind of, and, and have a lot of different answers. What do you like to do for fun? I actually find it really interesting when you ask people, what do you do for fun? People don't often have a lot of like answers. Uh, so that's that. I mean, if you just ask yourself that, like if someone asked me that at a party, what would I say? What I realized is the business didn't give me happiness, but it gave me the opportunity to have the time, the resources to look and say, what do I want to do? And I do think by putting yourself out there so much in a business or in any other way, you do start to, to really learn your preferences. I think pretty quickly, like I was somebody who was not very clear on like who I kind of was and what my style was and what I wanted to do and who, like what kind of person I wanted to be. But the business helped shape that pretty quickly. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about like holding space for others and expanding like who you are in your mindset as you grow. Because I can assume the Sam that you talked about that grew up in kind of a stressful home is had to change. Like you said, you went through some therapy, different things, but had to change some norms, thinkings, patterns, um, had to do some work to be able to hold the large business that you have, employ the team that you have, and really show up as that person. What are some of the pieces of advice that you have? Because I think so often, maybe someone has the desire to start a business or even just step into a new role or lead differently as a parent. And they're like, yeah, but how could I do that? Because I grew up this way or I did this. And we talked about this a little bit, but it's really like the more tangible steps to say like, yeah, when you don't have the money mindset to be a multi seven figure business owner, here are how you get there. You do the work. What, what is the work when you don't believe you, you are worthy of or that you're that you're going to fail if you employ all these people and that now their lives are you're responsible for them? What are some of the ways that you hold that now? Yeah. So on the front end, like regardless of whether you're ever interested in business or anything else, you can, you can, I think, apply this to many areas of your life. But one of the things that was really helpful to me was that I started getting very clear on, like had this vision of what I wanted to become, like what I wanted in my case, my business to look like what I wanted my day to look like. And then I started looking at what I was doing at that time and how, like what the inconsistencies there. Cause I was like, wait, the things I'm doing in my day, day to day right now, don't match up with like the day to day of the person I want to become. So what do I have to like drop? What are some habits I have to drop? Or what are some of the habits I have to add in order to get me to be this person and like slowly but surely kind of chip away at that and, and move in that direction. I often talk about like acting like the person or the CEO or the the wife, mother, sister, whatever that you want to become versus like what you are right now. That was super helpful for me. 
for a lot of the other things, especially when it comes to business, like having full-time employees, like you said, stressful, it feels like pressure, right? Having thousands of customers come through the door, like having lots of eyeballs and feedback on social and everywhere else. I have to practice a lot of detachment from that, that that is like not my problem. Um, My mindset coach, Jen Diaz, who I would love for you to like link to, she has like wonderful um, like journal prompts for people that are free and like great emails that she sends out every Monday. Um, She's great on Instagram as well. She always says you're responsible to people, but not for them. And I find that really helpful. Like I show up, I do my job, I produce good products. I'm not like a snake oil salesman. You know, I'm doing, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Of course I make mistakes and I'm human, but I'm not responsible for like how people feel about every single thing that I do. So if something upsets someone, they're offended, they don't like me, they don't like the product. Like that's, I don't have to like take on that responsibility. And that definitely goes back to those childhood stories of us all like thinking everything's our fault and taking things on. If anybody else is like the product to divorce parents too, like that's really common to think like, what did I do that caused any of these things? So I think practicing kind of that healthy detachment has been really helpful too. Yeah. And now let's expand that into the people that are in your world, right? So whether it's when you started your business, I'm sure there were people like, you're going to go from being a lawyer to a health coach online. Mm -hmm. And then maybe on the flip side of that, now you meet people in a social aspect and you're like, oh yeah, I have this seven figure online business, but you, how do you kind of separate that social aspect with who you are as a businesswoman? Because you are solely, you are wholly Sam, but you're not solely Sam, the businesswoman and solely Sam that made the decision to switch from corporate lawyer to health coach as some people saw it and everything else, you know? Yeah. it's so true I got a lot of judgment on the front end from the people being like you're doing what like and they thought it was crazy and actually a lot of those people I stopped being friends with that not not like the moment they said it but I think that was probably the tip of the iceberg and realizing like they weren't people for me maybe ultimately or they weren't people who are going to be happy for you like I think everyone's probably had those friends in their life but that are there for you like in that phase of your life but once like something else changes like you don't work together anymore or you don't go to school together anymore everything changes. So that's one. And I think my friend Simi always says that there are friendship buckets and like, it's okay to move Mm -hmm. people into different buckets and just be like, Oh, we're different kinds of friends. You know, it's so interesting now, like in the middle of this journey, I would introduce myself and be like, I have an online business and I do this and I do that. And I'm like, I was so excited about it. And now when I meet people, I'm just like, I'm a lawyer. (laughs) I just like skip it because I'm like, I don't even want to explain to them what I do. And it's really uncomfortable now because what I've found, which is really strange, and I still don't know how to handle this, is that when I meet a new friend and then they find me on social media, their whole attitude changes. And so it's like this, like, whoa, you have this big thing. And like, oh my gosh. And it was like, you didn't care about like it. It was just like, they're completely different once they find out you have Instagram or whatever. And I'm like, I don't care about Instagram. And like, I just, it's not, I just want to be friends with you. I don't want to like talk about that kind of stuff. So now it's almost this weird thing. I almost feel like I want to hide from it sometimes and just be like, that's just my work. Like, I don't go to your work and like sit over your emails and be like, why are you writing that paragraph there? You know, that's kind of how I feel like when you're like stalking me on Instagram and you don't do anything related to what I do, you know? Totally get that. Totally get that. Yeah. 
And I think that really the message behind it all is like you have to do it for you and you can't and the people that you're looking to impact and help and you can't get caught up in the naysayers or the people that are really like living vicariously through you, but in a toxic way and being like, hey, I hope you find whatever it is for you, but like stop doing it through me, you know, and just really showing up for yourself, which is always easier said than done. What are some of the ways that you found the right friends that like get that and support you through that too? Yeah, I think people who want to connect to talk, I mean, for like what I do, especially it's like people who want to connect to talk more about like, what it's like to go through all this to to experience some of the growing pains, for example, of growing a business this size, um, or what it's like on the back end of like dealing with employees and like all that kind of stuff, versus the friends who only ever reach out to me to ask me like legal questions. That's always like a pretty big red flag for me these days. And like, who don't ever ask about other stuff. Um, but I think for me too, it's like, yeah, I want to go deeper about other things. Like how are your kids? Like, what's your, what's your partner like? Where do you live? Like, I want to know more about their life than their business. And really, I guess setting that boundary of like, Hey, I'm not here to just talk about my business. So I don't only want to hear about yours either. I love that. Sam, I could talk to you all day. Um, We might have to have a part two as your life pivots and (laughs) goes through transitions of caregiving. And I can't wait to see what's next for you in business. You have an amazing podcast. Let's talk about your podcast a little bit and some other ways that people can be expanded by you. Yes. So obviously, if you like podcasts, I would love for you to come over and listen um, to mine. It's called On Your Terms, wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, I have new episodes every single Monday and Thursday, and I post about the behind the scenes of what it's really like to run and grow a multi seven figure business. I obviously also have legal tip episodes and marketing, evergreen marketing episodes as well. Um, so I'd love to chat with you over there. You can also visit me on my website, samvanderelin.com. You can send me a message through there or find all the podcast episodes and the transcripts for them if you'd like that. Um, and then obviously I sell legal templates and programs for you to learn how to legally protect your online business there as well. Um, in terms of social, I would like for you to come say hi to me on Instagram <laughs> at Sam Vanderbilt on Instagram. Um, but just don't like me because of Instagram. That's all. <laughs> we'll like you for you, Sam. Don't worry. Um, so we probably it. have followers on a couple <laughs> different boats right after this conversation, but I'm going to put them into two for, for final takeaways. So one person that has this pool to either step into a new position, a new role, maybe it's leaving the role and going home, but it's making a pivot, making a switch, making a change. And they're really like going to get off this podcast if they were to take one action forward, because that's what I'm so about is I don't want you to get off of this podcast and be like, oh, yeah, I'm thinking about what Sam and Kelsey said for two weeks, and then you don't do anything. So if they're going to do one thing after this podcast, what would that person do? I would get very clear on what you actually want to help people with and start doing market research around whether that's a viable idea. Because I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is that they follow like an idea that they have, but we don't make sure that that idea is really successful. And that's where you can kind of end up in a little bit of a up trap. So I think if like there's something on your heart that you would feel really happy doing and helping other people with, I would explore what does that look like? Is there demand for that? Is anyone already supplying it? You know, could this how what would this like roadmap, I guess, to launch look like? And that's what I would take a look at. I'd also encourage any of you who are listening who are in career still, um, who even if you don't want to start your own business, you want to switch to a different career 
my friend uh, Chris, she's at Empowered Achievers on Instagram. She's a really, really great like career clarity coach. And I love her content around this. And I just think I always see her stuff and I'm like, oh, if I would have had this when I was in corporate, I would have loved to watch her content to get because she helps people to get clear on what they really want to do. Yeah, I love that. So getting clear. And I think for anyone that's like, oh, well, I don't even know if I want to start a business. I think that's the first step, right? It's getting clear and being like, what is it that you're passionate about? Because I can assume and I actually know health is still a part of your world. It's you're just not a health coach anymore. So it doesn't mean that maybe if you're really like I'm feeling called to health or business or whatever, that might not be your business, but how do you make it part of your life more? How do you show up and serve yourself and others in different ways with whatever is calling you? How can you get a new job in that field? You can go hang out with Sam's friend and get some clarity around that. But it doesn't mean it has to be the business. So then the other bucket of people, maybe they are in business or they're in a role that has to do with what they're doing, but they're they're holding themselves back. This has probably happened throughout your business journey where you're like, man, I'm just kind of getting in my own way. I'm not taking that next step forward. I know that I have everything I need to really take action. What would you say to that person that's like just really in their own way right now? I would get very clear on this vision of what you actually want to become and why and um, take the time to envision what that means you're doing with your day. What kind of support do you have around you or not have around you? Like what do your weeks and months look like? And then compare that to what you're doing now and see take a real honest, I think, look and audit as like, if I'm doing these steps of everything I'm doing right now today, how am I ever going to get over there to where I want to, you know, if you're marching in place, how are you ever going to get a mile down the road? So um, I think that's always a helpful place to start when you're maybe feeling like you're in your own way and seeing how, what can I clear? What can I add and start moving? I also am just a big believer in like trying something different and being an experimenter. If you've been trying things and it's not working, try something different. And Try it for consistently for long enough that you can actually track it and see how it goes. Yeah, I love that. Well, Sam, thank you so much. What is a goal that you're currently working on or something you're excited about that we can all be inspired by? Oh, well, I am hoping that my book lands at a big five publisher so that I am I'm very um, like determined to make happen and I should know within the next month or two. So like I'm really excited about that. Um And also just taking better care of myself after being a caregiver for so long. And so I'm, I'm like looking forward to being able to do that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sam. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Sometimes the smallest act of love is all a mom needs to feel reinvigorated. If you can relate to that, I'd feel so supported by your five-star rating and written review take a moment and let me know what you thought about this episode.